this is kind of an unusual little bit, but I can't get away from it. We're going back to Jonah, all right? I'm not taking anything away from the pastor, but we're going to go back to Jonah a little bit, all right? Jonah, just turn to chapter 1 uh, of Jonah. You know, our pastor's been preaching on this for the last several, several weeks, but I'm going to lead up to something here tonight on this, so uh, just bear with me. But let's look here again at Jonah. These four chapters have been... Uh, great chapters. He spent several weeks on it. And I just want to take a moment here and just remind us of a few things here and lead up to what the Lord's put on my heart here for us tonight. You remember here, we look here at the stone, uh, 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 Jonah. You know, it's a story. We've, you've heard it. It's around. It's like a story that uh, some think it's a fantasy or fiction. No, it's true. It's in the Word of God. It's true. Every bit of it, as we all know. But you remember in chapter 1, just to go back and just to uh, review just a little bit in our minds, uh, chapter 1 was Jonah's disobedience, and you remember God told Jonah to go to that wicked city Gen uh, Nineveh, that was in verses 1 through 3 there, and you remember it says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, and saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, uh, for the wickedness is, uh, is come upon them. And so, Jonah, though, he went where? In verse 3, Jonah rose up, and he went unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he, he's going from God's presence, and that got him into trouble. So instead, we find out here in this chapter, he got into a ship. He tried to flee from the presence of, Lord, of the Lord. And we see that he disobeyed uh, the Lord here. We also know down, on down here in verses, uh, verse 4, through verse uh, 17, that Jonah was in a ship. Uh, he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, and the Lord sent a great wind, you remember, so that the ship was uh, broken. And uh, meanwhile there, uh, the, the men were afraid. They started throwing contents off the ship. Uh, Jonah, meanwhile, was asleep, and, and they got angry with Jonah, and, uh, and a storm came up on him, and so forth. And we know that this happened, that Jonah did do this, we see this later in the chapter, uh, that three things he did admit. Jonah had a good heart. We find that, and he was courageous. One, he admitted that he was the cause of the storm. The reason for the storm, you remember, he was the cause. He told the sailors, too, to believe he was a believer in God. He told them, I believe in God. And he told them they, uh, they should throw him overboard. Then we go to chapter 2. And remember chapter 2, Jonah. Uh, this is when Jonah was in the belly of the well. This God, we find out God will deliver him. Remember, he was in the belly of the well. He prayed and called out to the Lord for help. And uh, so God responded. God allowed the fish just to vomit Jonah out, all right, onto the land. And he did. And so God did deliver Jonah. Then we go to chapter 3, you remember, all right? And, we, and the pastor is preaching all these verses and just giving a, a case about this again tonight. Um, had, Jonah, had God changed his mind about what he wanted Jonah to do? No, God didn't change his mind at all. What did he want? He wanted him to go to Nineveh. So we find out that uh, Jonah made the right decision here. He went to Nineveh, as God had told him. And what was the message? We find it out here in this chapter that he was to uh, preach. And he told him, yeah, 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. It's going to be overthrown in 40 days. He said that. And what did the people of Nineveh do? They believed. It was a great revival. And they proclaimed a feast. They turned from the wickedness. It was wonderful. 
He saw the experience and saw the display of revival. And, uh, and when God saw the works, that, that they turned away from the evil ways, what did he do? God did not punish them like he said he was going to do. He did not. And so a great lesson to us. Now, I do want you to see this, though, that Jonah and is a great picture of Jesus Christ in the New Testament and of our Lord and Savior. And we can think about that. Matter of fact, Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, uh, gives these things. If you just turn over there to it. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. Look at it very quickly. Um, and again, just like Brother Larry preached on Sunday morning, I mean, the Old Testament and the New Testament goes together <clears throat> and revealed here in the uh, New Testament, uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. All right? And the Bible says, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So there's a comparison there. We see that both of them, both Jonah and Christ, were swallowed up. They were swallowed up either like Jonah was a fish, and of course Christ is dead. Both for three days and three nights. We also see here that both were delivered from their three-day burial. Jonah was uh, delivered. Christ, of course, resurrected. Both of them were delivered to save others. To save others. Uh, both, Jonah and Christ, went to minister to a wicked world. Jonah would go to Nineveh. Christ ministers to this wicked world. By the way, they both stopped the storm. They both did. Jonah stopped the storm because of what he believed. And of course, Christ would stop the storm. So there's comparisons here between Christ and Jonah as a picture of Christ. We can see that. But you also know that this story also shows the character of God, his character. In other words, his concern for the people of Nineveh teaches us something about him, and that's this, his love and compassion for all people. He has a love and compassion for all people in spite of their sins. He has a love and compassion for you and I tonight, despite our sin. Think about that. And so we see here, as we look here tonight, and this is where I'm leading to, as the pastor was preaching this, it hit me last week, and I didn't know he was going to ask me, but I couldn't get off my mind. But this is what hit me at the end of the chapter 4. You know what Jonah went through? He was angry with God. He was, he, it's, it's totally, he hated the Ninevites, all of that. But here's the thing I thought about. If Jonah had been able to see the problem from God's point of view, he could have had compassion and love even for the sinful people of Nineveh. That's what was missing. Jonah's compassion. Jonah was a loveless prophet. He was. But he, 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 he missed it all here. He didn't see it through God's point of view. Some of us wear glasses. Some of us started wearing glasses. I have for several years. I can take these glasses off, but I'm going to be honest with you all. You're going to look like a blur to me, okay? You get a little blurry, all right? So I put them on and I can see better. I think about that with God sometimes with the Word of God. We need to put on the glasses of God and look at God through His point of view. We need to see God through His ways. And how we can see it, we've got this precious book here. We've got God's Word. We have this book. This is His Word. 
Thus saith the Lord. This is his book. We can read, we can understand, we can see God. And listen, for a Christian tonight to know the Lord is your Savior, yes, <clears throat> we need to see God and need to see the character of God because God has compassion. And he did. So tonight, I want to zero on that word compassion. I want us to get that word. I want us to think about that word. Compassion, compassion. In Luke chapter 19, verse 41, the Bible says, And when it was come near, the Lord Jesus, he beheld the city and wept over it. The compassion of God. That was what was missing in Jonah's life. Unfortunately, that's what's missing in a lot of our lives. And yes, in some of our churches too. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to first of all think about the compassion of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What compassion. He loved this world and still does. Think about the compassion of Christ, his son. What did Christ do for you and me? He died on the cross. He died to save man. And then think about this. The compassion of someone who told you about Christ. Someone told you about Christ. If you're here tonight and you know the Lord is your Savior, someone did. Listen, folks, you did not get saved by yourself. Think about that. Someone told you. Someone showed you. Someone gave you a track, maybe. But you were told by someone about Christ. Do you all, was that true? Hey, hey, hello? Yes. Someone told you about Christ. I think of J. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary that went to China. J. Hudson Taylor. You remember, he went to China oh, a long time ago, but he went on a boat, and as he went on that boat, he cried and, and cried for the people as he saw them and went down there. And J. Hudson Taylor had a great ministry and really turned China around and, and wept over them. I think about this, we hear it, unfortunately on the news, or I hope you haven't been a victim of it, but people are robbed, aren't they? We hear it all the time on the news. People are beaten, or something terrible happens. We see it all around us. And some of these people that get robbed, you hear the question is, why did that happen? Why did that happen to me? Well, I'm going to just be kind of plain tonight. People don't care. Did y'all hear me? Really, people don't care. People don't care. We got so much anarchy going on in our nation right now. People don't care. They don't. They don't care what they're going to do to somebody. I mean, somebody didn't care when they stole our Catholic converters off our vans. They didn't care. There was actually a time I, I remember that uh, people wouldn't even, I mean, criminals wouldn't even touch a church because they kind of thought, we can't touch a church and do anything to it. Even that's gone. You see, I was even told that one time when we lived in Maryland. These people, I mean, they were, they just, they, they told us, they said, listen, we'll never touch your church. They didn't come, but we won't touch your church. We're afraid to. They said that. Now, here's the thing. People do not care, but here's the thing we need to think about here is we have this local church, which I'm so thankful for. Our church, the local church that God's given to us, Tip 20 Baptist Church. I believe we are people here that do care. I do believe we are people that have compassion. But my point of this is saying this, could we not have more? 
Do we need to have more? Listen, it never stops. I'm going to be honest with you. We're all human. I'm human. We need to work on compassion. It's a, it's a, we have to work with this. We have, to, we have to see it. We have to work at it. We have to look at it through God's point of view here. And so, I, 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 in other words, we have this local church. And one reason we have this church, for the basic reason is because we want to see people get saved. That's it right there. Why are, we, why are we here? We want to see people get saved. We want to see boys and girls get saved. That's why we, we uh, have the buses. That's why we, uh, yes, we want to give to the bus ministry. Yes, that's why we pay the insurance on the buses. By the way, that's why we remodeled this auditorium. One by bit. And one thing before we should, we should keep up the things of God here. But listen, we didn't do it just to say we had a pretty auditorium. We did it because we want to see people get saved. We, and we should. We should take care of everything. Our hallways, the gymnasium, all of it. And I thank God how he's blessed us in doing all this. But why did we do this? Why did this church start in the beginning? To see people get saved. And number two, to see Christians get edified. We need to be edified in God. So we need to have a compassion. A compassion. And a compassion here. And maybe we need a little more burning compassion. It's called revival, isn't it? A revival for others. That's what Jonah was missing terribly. The thing that he saw what happened in that city. Now we could give testimonies to the fact here tonight that there's some here, I'm sure, that have experienced some good old-fashioned revivals. Maybe not of, of, of old, but we haven't seen them as much in these days we're living right now. Is God changed? No. Could we still see it? Yes. Are we still to make a difference in Lookout Valley? Yes. Chattanooga, Tennessee? Yes. The United States of America? Yes. Around the world? Yes. We send missionaries? Listen, I believe in giving and giving our money. And I believe in giving to the cause. What I want to give, I want to see people get saved. I don't mind giving to a cause to see people get saved. Do you? I want to give to it. That's why I want to give to our missionaries. That's why I want to give this coming up. Uh, my wife and I give to uh, the missionaries that are coming in here on October 22nd. I want to see them go and be able to go. We want to give. Why do, we want to give? Why do you give your pennies and your nickels to the boys and girls on Sunday night? I want to see more boys and girls get saved. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. We can't miss it. I think sometimes we are missing it. I'm missing it. Shame on us. Shame on me. I need more compassion. Do you? I'm telling myself this. When I sat here last week on Tuesday, I'm screaming Wednesday night when the pastor was done. I mean, it was like a bolt hit me. Where was the compassion? What happened to Joe? happened to me has happened to us. Think about it. That word compassion, compassion is number one. Seeing the need of man. I've been, I'm saying it right here. We need to see the need of man. See, man is lost and is on his way to hell. Man is lost. 
Without Christ, he's on his way to a devil's hell, a place where the worm dieth not, a horrible place. If you're here tonight and you're saved, God's given you a way of escape, and thank the Lord for it. If you're here tonight and don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, may this be the night that you can get saved and ask him to your heart. Ask him to forgive your sins. Believe that he died for you. Believe that he resurrected from the dead. And he's coming back again. Believe this. You see, we need to, we need to realize that. And so, to have compassion. The need of man. One day a student was coming down the road and saw a man who was crippled. The boy asked, What's your business, mister? The man replied, I'm looking for some lost sheep. When the boy hurried home to tell his parents about this crazy man looking for sheep, his parents said, Why, that's Uncle John Vassar, the missionary. He's searching for people to win to Christ. Uncle John, John had been a brewing worker before he was saved. Conscience forced him to quit his job. Then his wife and two children died. But he still was trusting in Christ. Uncle John resolved to spend the rest of his life winning lost sheep. And you know what? He went from church to church and won thousands, really, to the Savior. Uncle John called himself the shepherd's dog. He belonged to the Lord and was seeking out the sheep that he could bring to the Savior. How about us? Do we see men like that? We have relatives. We have people around us. We need to get a glimpse sometimes of these pews here and the people here and just imagine, is that person going to go to hell? I need to pray for them. My neighbor. We need to get, we need to get in our mind. We need to have compassion. We need to think about it. Number two, compassion is remembering what God has done for you. He is. I think Jonah forgot that. Tonight, are you saved? Are you saved? Amen. Amen. Are you saved? Don't get away from it. You and I don't need to get away from this. If you're saved, thank the Lord for it. I've said it to you before, but just repeat it again. No matter what you say, you say, I was saved when I was just a boy. I can remember. I can remember a revival meeting. In a revival meeting, I still even remember the evangelist's name, Bob Pearson. I was eight years old about that. I went forward. Oh, it was a meeting. I just, I mean, there was lots of things going on there. I literally was scared as a little boy. But I had already heard many times of what to do. I went forward. I remember I went forward and I was crying. I remember a man came and talked to me. And he talked to me in a loving way. I can still remember that. But you know what? I got up from that altar and I did not get saved that night. I would later on. But the thing is, that man told me about the Lord. And I can still remember him talking to me. Later on, he'll be my teen Sunday school teacher. Years later, I would go to his house and knock on his door. He would come to the door, barely could walk. He had a, had a bone infection. And I told him, I said, do you remember me? He looked at me. He looked at me. I said, I'm that little boy that you met at the altar. You told me. And he wept. He was glad. 
that the person that you told you about the Lord is still living, well, maybe you ought to go back and see him too and thank them. But the thing is, we don't want to get away from that. Oh, my life has went on in different ways and so forth, but let me tell you something. I don't want to get away from the fact that I know the Lord Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. Don't, don't miss it. Stay with it. You have a story to tell. Remember what God has done for you when you got saved. Number three, companion, compassion is this. Excuse me. Compassion is this. Comprehending the love of Christ for a lost world. Comprehending the love of Christ. You see, when I look at the Word of God and I see Christ talking to the woman at the well, what compassion. Everybody else wouldn't talk to her, but Christ did. When I see Christ talking to Zacchaeus up in that tree, everyone went by, but Zacchaeus wanted to see the Lord, and the Lord stopped and saw Zacchaeus and met him. And remember, he said, come down, and I'll meet you in the house today. See Christ when he talked to that individual on the cross next to him. The compassion of Christ was even there when he was dying on that horrible Death he did, and he talked to the man on the cross next to him. See Christ that way, the compassion that way. You see, there's no doubt about it, you know it, and I'm not trying to be negative, but our world, our country is getting worse, but I, as the pastor says, we're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. We know the Lord, and we still have the opportunity to tell others about Christ. We still have the opportunity to share it. We still have the opportunity to give. How long this will last, you and I do not know. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I know who holds tomorrow. And so let's think and do what we can for, our, for, for those around us. We need to comprehend the love of Christ. You might have heard this name before. Some of you have. Dr. George Truett. Dr. George Truett was the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. He was, he was a great preacher. Uh, uh, and he preached, I think he pastored there like 45 years there at that church. And uh, the thing was, um, something about him was kind of peculiar. He never smiled. Never. He got in the pulpit and never smiled. Never. Ah. We'll find out later that he had killed um, a friend accidentally. And it really did something to him. But yet, he was a powerful preacher, and he preached, and the church grew. Well, later on in his ministry, which was towards the end of it, he got sick. He was in the hospital, very sick, and the nurse went in to his room to check on him. She found Dr. George Truett up at the window, open, at the window, the curtains open, and he was, had his hands raised out, and he was looking out that window, and he was crying and weeping for the people of Dallas, Texas. He still had a compassion. He still was, he had a desire to see them get saved. He was weeping. What an example when we think about remembering the love of Christ and those around us. We also know this. <clears throat> compassion can have an awesome, uh, will give, excuse me, an awareness of judgment. Man is going to be judged. Lost men are condemned. The great white throat judgment, Hebrews 9.27 all right, it's going to happen. We're going to be judged too. There's a judgment day coming. And so we need to be aware that 
this is going to happen. So my point here this evening here is to keep compassion. I'm thankful for what the, the, we are doing here. I'm thankful for uh, those who have helped others here recently. Helping with the furniture, helping this. I'm thankful that, I'm, I'm so thankful for this, that the pastor can get up and says, we have a need for someone. He's keeping it private because he knows the need. But church, we have such confidence in him that we'll give to it. And I think that is a wonderful thing. Not many churches have that. We have confidence he's going to go to the right place. And we give and thank the Lord for that. Believe we're a giving church. We need to keep on doing that. I will say this, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. Compassion, yes, we, I said Christ had compassion. We need to have the compassion of Christ in us. It starts there. But our leadership needs to have compassion. And I'm going to say this. I believe we have a pastor who shows compassion. It starts with the leadership. We have a leader who stands up here and preaches his heart out. He does. He carries the burdens of us. And he has compassion. He has compassion. He has compassion for these boys and girls. He has compassion for the teenagers. He has compassion for all of us. He will be there if you're in the hospital. He will help you. He will do anything he can. He's shown it. Even when he feels bad. I've seen it. But I'm not trying to put him on the pedestal because he would not want that. But I am saying this because he's the pastor. He's showing us leadership. It starts with the leadership of the church. I believe that's one reason God's blessing our church because of the vision the pastor has that we have compassion. I do. I believe it's one reason God's blessing us, has blessed us, and may we continue it. But my point tonight is this. Do we need to have more? Do we need to think of others more? You see, uh, you see, don't let pride get in the way of compa uh, having compassion. Don't let anger, that's what happened to Jonah, anger, something don't go our way. The pastor's preached on this. We don't, something just doesn't, and we forget what we're supposed to be doing, what we're here for. It's compassion. Compassion for mankind. Compassion for this community. Compassion for those around us. Help us to do so. It doesn't matter. I'm thankful, as I just said, the pastor has compassion for children. I've been around children a lot myself, and a compassion. You know, we have boys and girls that come here, and we know sometimes, unfortunately, some of them don't act like they should. They have to be talked to. A lot. Some more than others. And I see it at school. And you know what? Something the pastor said the other day, I heard him say this. I'm thankful for it. Sometimes we might have to send them home because of a, of, of a problem. But he said this. But I just can't give up on them. I can't give up. I don't want to give up on them. That's what we should not give up. Not give up on someone. Listen, sometimes we think, you know, and I know that's how people how people can be, you know, and I've had to deal with it. Um, I can't I can't reach them anymore. I can't they just won't listen. Well, I've learned this the hard way. They may not listen today, 
But they might listen six months from now. Amen. Or a year from now. If I just stay available and listen and be there. See, people have come into our church and been in these pews and, and uh, they've given their life and, and done things and then they, they disappear. Listen, the church is still here. They can come back home anytime they want to. And we need to welcome them in, don't we? That's what our, church, that's what our pastor teaches. So let's not give up on this. Let's not give up on com compassion. Let's not do it at all when we, when we think about these things. When I think about this, only if the Holy Spirit is truly working in our hearts, this is it right here, will we be able to have the compassion of God. We need the Holy Spirit of God. The power of the Holy Spirit living in us. May we have it. This was on the front page of the Land of Journal a long time ago. It told about a mother drawing water from an old-fashioned well. After getting the bucket of water, she started back to the house when she heard a scream coming from the well. She rushed back and found her son, who was just a little tot, had followed her and then fallen into the well. She tied a rope around her waist and lowered herself down. She took the child and held him over her head. The water came up to her chin. She was unable to do anything except scream for help. After many hours, two men traveling by on the highway, heard her screams, help, help, and came to the well, saw the situation. They dropped a rope down to the boy and pulled him out. The boy was unharmed. Then they brought the mother to the surface. They rushed her to the hospital, but in a few hours she died. The exertion, the strain, the long hours in the cold water was just too much. After her death, the family came home they were sitting in the living room of that little country home, uh, stricken and troubled, and the phone rang, and the family member answered. The voice on the other end said, I'm the undertaker. Your mother's body is here. I would like to know what we should do about her arms. They are paralyzed from being in that position of holding the boy for such a long time, just like this. The family conferred together, for just a moment, and then said, leave them as they are. So the undertaker said, we're going to have to make a special casket and have to be built for her body. And it was done. The mother was buried with her arms stretched toward heaven. The editor of the Atlanta Journal closed the story by saying something like this. In a little Georgia cemetery south of Atlanta, a mother is buried with her arms stretched toward heaven. So the application of this story is very simple. We should all be living with our arms stretched out toward heaven. We need God's help. We need God's guidance. Without him, we can do nothing. With him, all things are possible. Do you have that compassion? Think about that word tonight. Lord, lay on my heart, I need more. We need more. It doesn't stop. Let's think about it. Everything we do here is because we want to see people saved and people edified. May God help us 
in what we do. And we'll praise God for it. Would you stand, please? They would stand. Head bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. Just take a moment tonight in your own pew right there, and I want you to think tonight. The Word of God and what's been said to you tonight, and I'm trying to say it from my heart, we all could use more compassion. I don't want to be a loveless person like Jonah became. Don't want that to happen to me. I want to stay on with compassion for others. Every boy, every girl has so many different needs. Children are the same today as they were always. We just have a different culture today, unfortunately. But the thing is, they have needs. So does a mom and a dad and a grandmother and grandfather. We all have needs. And sometimes we just need to get out of our box and our comfort zone and say, let's help them. I'm thankful for the visitors who are coming these days. Some have been coming the last couple of weeks. And I've heard this because they say this is a church that's caring. May we continue to do that. So as we pray, think about yourself tonight and also our church. Help us, Lord. And as I pray tonight, I don't want to forget our brother Larry. Let's pray for him for many years. He and Miss Judy have been on the mission field and caring for others. And now Brother Larry is going to go to a communist country that's let him in with a special visa to be able to bring materials and things as he teaches, he told us on Sunday mornings, in the mornings and afternoons, and he's going to preach every night. He's got a busy schedule. But let's pray for him for safety and the Lord to do a mighty, mighty work as he goes there next week. Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity we've had to be here tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the book of Jonah. Our pastor has done such a great job as you've given it to him and preaching it to us. And Lord, you gave this to me tonight just to conclude just a little bit more about it. Now, Lord, help us tonight. May we get this compassion, this need of others. Thank you, Lord, for our church. I do pray for Brother Larry. Bless him in a mighty way. Keep him safe. Help him as he preaches and teaches next week. Be with our pastor. Continue to meet his every needs. I pray for him as he'll even be preparing for Sunday. Bless him as he comes home. Keep him safe on the roads. Bless each person that's watching on tonight, here tonight. Those who would love to be here tonight, they can't because they have physical needs. Bless them and help them. Now, Lord, God is in direct us. And again, we want to say, Lord, thank you for saving our soul. Thank you for making us whole. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. In your precious name, amen. Thank you. One other thing I just need to ask, if you don't mind, uh, we need to make a